Absolute Geek Podcast. Thursday night in Phoenix, you're listening to the Absolute Geek Podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Kyle. Kyle, I have a question for you. Uh oh. <laughs> Say you want to buy a comic book store. Okay. That would, that would be kind of cool. You go to buy a comic book store. What do you think you need to run that comic book store? I think you need comic books. Comic books. That's. I think that is the. <clears throat> that's a great start. New release that, or back issues. The the rule of thumb is your you you buy what you need, and then what doesn't sell becomes your back stock. Like that's the. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because you, you got if you got ten people that all want a book like Detective Comics nine forty eight. If you had ten, you decided to do boxes. You had ten people that wanted it. You'd order fifteen. Mm-hmm. So that you have some for the people that walk in off the street, and then you sell two of them. You have three left. That becomes your backstock, and eventually you build up backstock for the people <clears throat> that come through. What do you think? If you were a uh, a store and you just one day decided, I'm going to cancel subscription boxes, I'm not going to carry any release books anymore. I think he, I think that would be a hard market to go into, okay, because... How long do you think your store would be open? It depends on your rotation of inventory and what you're trying to sell. Like, we have a really awesome comic book store here in the Valley... They're actually remodeling and expanding because they've gotten so big. They all they sold was backstock issues. They all they sold was they bought collections. <coughs> what store is that? Dreadnought. Oh, okay. All it sells is old issues. There's no. They do. They do. And and eventually they had to. And they have a small section of weekly titles that come out. You know, it's not like. You know, like where you go or where I go, but there's probably you know twenty titles there, eighteen, mm-hmm. fifteen titles. Of new, but everything else is past issues and not even, you know, everything from Silver Age up. But a lot of it's just fodder, right? It's not. No, they have a lot of good books in there. Okay. Like, you know, you go, it's one of those where you go through and you're like, fuck, 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 I wish I had money. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's not like, they do have like bins of like dollar books that you can rummage through, but they have, you never been in there? No, I've never been to Dreadnought. They probably have probably the best visual setup in the valley. What they've done is, and this is really cool, and now that I'm fucking plugging them. <laughs> oh, I've always had bad run-ins with those guys. Like when we would they, go to John's. You know what? They, they, I, I, had, I, I had the same vibe at first with them, and I will tell you right now that they are two of the coolest dudes you'll probably meet. They're a lot cooler. I... <laughs> I think this is this is a kind of a, when we what we were doing with John was we we were very lucky where we we had a guy that would have he would buy collections and he wouldn't go through them. We got the opportunity to find these nuggets of you know of awesomeness, and I think what happens is if you don't know people that like we all went together so seventy five percent knew so but the couple people I think what they did was not knowing I think they. And since they were buying for a store, I think they were being more themselves, yeah, to themselves. But they're actually really cool dudes, and like what the their setup is fucking awesome. What they do is they're they're 
you can open up like drawers and stuff. They don't. There's no long boxes. There's no short boxes of comics in there. But all their cool stuff that you know that they're trying to sell, like all their, they have uh, these big wooden racks up, and they're they're all sitting on shelves, and they're like held up by like fishing line. Okay. You know what I mean? It's got a little lip and it mm-hmm. sits on and you just, you move these huge wooden, so you're not digging. Everything is out and visual. It's a, it's a, it's a very cool concept, but they, but only selling back stock is hard to do. Didn't they at one point start selling airsoft guns? <laughs> yes. Yeah. They do sell airsoft guns and actually with their, they, they're, they're expanding their store because they're putting a fucking airsoft range in there. Where you can fucking run around and shoot people in the fucking the store. <laughs> like, it's going to be like, you ever paint, like, indoor paintball? Yeah. It's going to be kind of like that. But the problem with one of the harder things of only selling back issues is you're you're waiting for somebody that wants that issue. Right. When you're selling new books, you're that's that's how you're getting people to come in every week. So I think... So I think it depends what your, like if you're aiming just for high end, graded high end books, I think you're gonna have a harder time uh, moving inventory because you've taken not selling new books, you've taken your customers and you've dwindled them down. Now that you have taken your inventory and if, if you're selling high end books, you've taken your customer base and you've dwindled it down again. Mm-hmm. So it, it all depends on what, what you're going to sell. And if you're not, if it's not going to be good price, like I, I wouldn't go into a store where there's only $5,000 books in there because I know there's no point in me going there. Right, because you're not gonna. Because I'm not gonna buy. Pay five thousand dollars for a book. So I, I think it all depends on what's being sold. But new issues, but every and every comics book store has to do something else to get the inventory or get the the customer base in. Mm-hmm. You know, like dreadnought. And if you guys live in the valley and you guys are into backstock and looking for stuff, the, check them out. They're awesome guys. And, uh, but. Yeah, it really it really does depend on what like, oh, why do you bring that up? Why did I bring that up? Yes, like do you know someone that's only selling <clears throat> a specific, trying to do a store that is selling like a specific thing? Are they like higher end stuff or something? Or well, I'm asking because there is a, a store in the valley <clears throat> that has decided to <clears throat> make that change and effective immediately. Cancel all their sub boxes and stop doing new release books and just going to high end back issues. I think, I think that's a hard you. You've closed your you've closed your customer base away. You've taken so much of your customer base away. I can afford twenty dollars a week, thirty dollars on that occasional bigger week. You know what I mean? I can't afford. You're not going to continuously return to a store that's only selling $5,000, $1,000 books, $5,000 books. You don't always make those buys. Those are what people, you 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 save and you scrimp and you, well, like for me, that's how it would be. Like I wouldn't go there all the time. I think you need to offer, you have to offer up, you have to have more than that. <laughs> 
like a comic book store, you need that weekly return customer, like like me and you that come in every week. I think the biggest problem with comic book stores nowadays is not necessarily the comic book store, but I think the customer. And the customer, I mean by by having pull boxes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I think we, we, where it becomes expensive for these books is, is if you have a pull box, you need to continuously empty it. Well, yeah, and that, that kind of bring, runs into my question is that we, you know, it's been through the news today that local comic book stores all around the United States and pretty much everywhere are hurting, and we don't know why. And, well, store owners are saying it's because you're not picking up your pull box. People are... Well, yeah, you, you have two... If you have... Uh, say you had 150 boxes, mm-hmm. but out of your 150 boxes, 90 people pick them up. Well, you're ordering 150 books because of a promise, which in that entail, yes, that becomes backstock, but then that becomes too much backstock. But then you you got to think, though, as a, a shop owner, you're ordering these books to cover your sub list and then so much to fill your backstock. That if these people aren't picking it up, like to me, I was always of the mindset, well, fuck it, you know, they'll just put it on the, the back on the shelf and sell it to someone else. But then after reading that article that was published, I think I'm bleeding cool. Um, did you read the original post when the yeah, because the guy just posted it in a forum, yeah, hey, I own a comic book store and look, this was my weekly, this was this week's non poll list, yeah. So you're leaving, you know, those books aren't being picked up. And like I said, I was always in the mindset of, well, fuck it. They'll just put them on the shelf and sell them. But what if they can't? Because now they're stuck with even more backstock than what they planned on. Because not only did they count on that money when you they initially ordered that you're going to pick up your books, they're stuck with your book plus whoever else didn't pick up, plus that initial backstock that who knows what's ever going to get sold. The big, I think one of the problems of boxes is a lot of comic book store owners say, Hey, if you open up a box, we'll give you fifteen percent off mm-hmm. of your titles because you, you know, you're committing to it. And I think a lot of people do that for the one time. You know what? I'm gonna pick these up and I'm gonna be on my way, and then they never come back. I think the best way to combat it is the same way you would do anything that you would buy, that you would obligate yourself to buy. Like if you if this was the internet, they wouldn't send them. They wouldn't come to your house, and you pay for them later. Right. I think the smartest thing to do is, and I th- would be okay. Your like Atomic Comics used to do it. Your credit card was on file, and they just charged your card, and then they filled your box. It would make you be a lot more choosy about your books, and you fucking sure as hell are gonna go get them because you've already paid for them. Yeah. And then, and if you don't, <clears throat> I mean, but in a world where there's so much credit card fee, personally. So much credit card fraud going around. I don't know if I would do that because I don't want someone having access to my card that shouldn't have access to my card. Well, I'm doing mean, shifty, shifty shit. Not saying that you know anyone around here would, but you don't know, you know. See, what if I was comic book stores, I would, I would give the offer to do through PayPal. Yeah, that's at least then that's better. But then you just have the people, you know. Then you could just, and if you really don't want it, you cancel your card. The card cancels. You don't fill their box anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and after three, it, 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 it's theirs. They've bought it, so you can't put it back on the shelf. It, it's it's theirs. 
And then if it gets too big, you just you put it in you you put it in a diamond box, put their name on it, and you you put it aside. And when they come in there, they come and get it. But I think if you're if it's already paid for, you would lessen you would lessen the chances of having bailed on box holders. <clears throat> See, because I didn't think of like think of it the way you put it. I thought of it as you you have this mar- you have this system in place you have these re- reoccurring customers you have boxes they've opened these boxes and they're expecting their two new titles and just out of nowhere you're going to say effective immediately I'm canceling all boxes we're no longer carrying new titles we're only doing back issues high end back issues to me that spells doom for your company like you would think that it would be like well your next question would be how long till you're closed yeah, I, I don't. I mean, how many high end comic shops have you ever comic shops have you been in? I none. None. Because you need those regular titles moving. You yeah. need that. Because what you do is, you have you have those higher priced books on the wall. When they come in to buy their three books, they go fuck. There's Hulk one eighty one. Yeah. Fuck. There's Hulk one eighty one. Hey, can I put a down payment on Hulk one eighty one? I'm here every week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here, here's Spidey 300. <clears throat> but the problem with that, though, too, is fuck, there's Hulk 181. Fuck, there's Hulk 181. Let me check eBay and see how much they're selling Hulk 181 for. Because the, the shitty part is a lot of these stores, they don't go by the street the the street value in the, the buyer-seller guide. They go by eBay prices. Well, they're a business. They have to make money. They're in it, they're in it to make money. So you I understand, to, yeah. So if you want to buy it from a shop, but I'm just saying it's shitty that they let eBay, the crazy people on eBay, to dictate. It's not the, the pe- it's not the people on eBay though that dict- are dictating anything. Yeah. It's oh, it's the customer. It's the customer dictating it. Yeah. Because if if people didn't buy it, it wouldn't be sold for those prices. As long as people are paying those prices, and yeah. you know most shop owners, I've come to realize they don't really go off of eBay prices. They they I. They take a middle road, but sometimes they don't. But I, they're a business. They're in it to make money. They're not in it, you know, so I can get a Hulk 181 for $86. I mean, that's not, you know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah. They're in it to make money. So either you're going to support them, and if you don't want the book, then you don't buy it. I mean, end of story. That's, And, you know, come to, and what a lot of people do is they put those astronomical prices. You know, if my wife said, you have to sell your Walking Dead number one. I'd put it up for five grand. No one's ever going to buy it. And if they do, fuck it. They can have it. You know what I mean? I'll buy and another Every one. other person's going to bump theirs up to five grand. Only if it sells. Yeah. But you know what I mean? If you don't really want to sell it, but you know the wife's making you sell it, you, you put it you put it for a price that you really don't want to sell it for. Yeah. But if they buy it, then can't argue. Right. You know what I mean? Is your wife making you sell your Walking Dead number one? No. Oh. I'm just saying. I was just giving an example, but I, I, thought, just, I thought you were doing a little foreshadowing. No, I was just giving an example. But no, the idea of a premium comic outlet it it doesn't it doesn't make sense to what my business model would be. Well, I don't think it would make sense to the business model of the local comic shop because. Why are you going to support someone who only does high-end back issues that you don't maybe necessarily want or you're not necessarily looking for? Like you said, you cut down your your market or your 
cash flow. You cut down your returning customers because what if they don't want what you have and you're not getting the new titles every week? And people just they're just, all they're going to do is go somewhere else, right? So you you so should you're driving be. business to everyone else and hurting yourself. Yes, that is. <clears throat> but you just don't. Yeah, you just you're not. I don't know. I, it doesn't make sense to me because you have to get something in the door. So if you're known for just having high end books. You're probably not gonna go there, yeah, because it's like anything that's they're selling a high end of. It's more expensive than it usually needs to be, mm-hmm. and it, I think area town would be a big deal too. Like, you know, if you're in a so-so area that's not that doesn't have the economics to actually walk in and buy that five thousand dollar book i think if you're, you're in, not, if you're in the valley if you're not anywhere near scottsdale that's stupid i just think having a fancy retail shop for just overpriced books doesn't i think it would i think it's a hard sell for anybody mm-hmm. you have to have you have to give something else that gets people in the door and then that's where you have those nice books up and that's where you get your impulse by holy fuck i've been looking for that book mm-hmm then you buy it. Yeah. And at that point, he should save the overhead. That store should just save the overhead and just do it online. Yeah. Because then you're saving your electricity, you're saving your rent, you're saving the water bill, you're saving, I mean, insure, I mean, everything. And all you have, you, then you can just sit at home and do it. Yeah. And then you have the, the, the global market to do it. If, and even with the fees, it's still cheaper than fucking rent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If I were just to sell high-end books, that's what... I mean, I would do cons, and I would do online. You'd do like what Ed Robertson does. Conventions and sell online. Yes. And that's it. He doesn't even sell online. So then just conventions or word of mouth. Then. Yep. He doesn't do online because he said he got screwed too many times having to... Because of the eBay uh, guarantee, mm-hmm. he said too many people once they got their book, all they have to say is, "It's not quite what I thought the condition was," and they get their money back, and then he's out of a thousand dollar book. Yeah. So. So you just I don't know. That's that's the other part. If you're going to sell high end books, you should only sell graded ones. Then there's no mm-hmm. discrepancy on what the grade is. It says 8.5. It's a fucking 8.5. wonder how you would do that if you've been basically blacklisted by every fucking grading company out there. Have someone else send it in for you. Have someone else send it in. Hmm. Or, yeah, that's it. (laughs) That's the only way. And don't let anybody find out that that's what you're doing. Hmm. Which the odds are pretty slim to none unless, unless you gloat. Yeah. Or broadcast it. I'll tell you what, though. I I know... We've been following the situation, and we, we kind of haven't really touched on it on the podcast because we're trying to, like, I don't know. I don't know if remove ourselves from it is a good terminology to use, but we haven't really been bringing it up to you guys because a lot of our Phoenix listeners already know what's going on, and I'm sure a lot of you out there don't care because it's a local thing. But the Phoenix convention scene is a, is a dumpster fire right now. <laughs> it's... It's in, 
it's in some rough water. It's, I think. it's like a car crash. You, you don't want to look. You can't, you know, you don't want to sit there and stare, but you can't look away. It's a, Yeah, it's like a scary movie. You got your hands over your face, but your fingers are wide spread apart so you can and keep seeing. The two, the, the two main ones that are just circulating right now is <clears throat> Phoenix Comic Con and Outlaw Comic Con, previously Wild West Comic Con. And Phoenix Comic Con has kind of died down. We didn't touch on the Phoenix Comic Con thing because I think we both kind of agreed that that was a good direction to head in with the whole blue ribbon thing and, and you know making people join this type of almost union or group to be able to get the chance to volunteer at Comic-Con because it, it, it cuts back the people that were coming and just picking up their badges and leaving. And that's been one of my biggest complaints over the years about Phoenix is their lack of their lack of support from volunteers and the people that are there to work. I mean, I've had some, I mean, like, Hey, what do you do? Nobody knows what to do. <clears throat> yeah, nobody you, knows. You know, this person tells you to do, you know, like, I think it was when uh, I was waiting for, I think I, I've told this story before, but, like, when I was waiting for Bruce Campbell, I was trying to get his autograph. Okay. I knew it was going to be a long line. I wanted, I, this, <laughs> this was like a bucket list thing was to get Bruce Campbell's fucking autograph, you know? Fucking hell yeah, you know? So... He was going to show up at, I think, like, 1. So I went to get in line at 11. I wanted to be first, second, third. I wanted, I didn't want to miss the opportunity. One guy comes up. He's like, can't wait here. Why not? Not allowed to make lines. This is a convention. That's all there is here. Well, even they have the guardrail set up for lines. Yes. Can't make a line. I was like, okay. So I stood on, like, this other side. Can't wait here either. Why not? Because I told you not to just do it anyways. Okay, so now you're on a power trip. Mm. Come back in 45 minutes. Okay, so I came back in 40. Two people standing in line. What are you guys doing? Oh, this other person said we can stand in line. Another person comes. You guys all have to leave. Mm. Come back in 30 minutes. Okay, came back in 30 minutes. Guys can't wait here. Come back. Get to come back f- 10 minutes before the line, before you can, you know, before one o'clock. Okay. Came back at 1230. There's fucking 150 people in line. Mm-hmm. I was pissed. Yeah. Then like, okay, line's capped. You can't wait in line. What do you mean I can't fucking wait in line? So they, I, I was circling around. They said, you can't circle around. <laughs> How are you going to stop me from circling around? So then the next person talked to the next person. Yeah, they can circle around. I mean, it's just like that was been the biggest problem is is maybe because it's volunteers that nobody actually really cares and there's not enough people that had true instruction. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, maybe part of it was the telephone game. You know, one person knew by the time it got to the 20th guy who told me not to stay in line, it's not what was said in the beginning. Yeah. But I think, I honestly think you have a lot of benefits to... Uh, being able to volunteer there. I mean, first off, you're, even if you had to pay 20 bucks, you, there's so many amenities that you get with it. You're, you're, you know what I mean? You get to see these people. You get to walk around. I mean, it's almost like going to a football game. You're getting paid minimum wage to be a security at a football game. 
Yeah. You're still getting, you know, like I always wanted to be security at like concerts. So I can get see free concerts. There you go. I wasn't going to fucking give a shit about anybody, but <laughs> I was just glad people come in now. Let everybody out the fence. I'll give a shit. Free concert. But I think that's what I think giving people the motivation to take pride in what they're doing, I think would go a long way. And maybe not charging them was the way to get the motivation, but I think that's one good You have to be able to motivate these people to care to do what they're being, what they're volunteering and what they're being asked of. Well, and the other thing is, is that, you know, you have to, they had to do something, like make some sort of organization to where they could have the people volunteer and they paid month and they but paid it's, yearly it's due for, or. I don't think you can have a bunch of volunteers for a for-profit thing. Right. Well, that's why they moved it into, I believe that's why they moved it into uh, this group. Because if it's, if they're part of a group and they're paying dues, you can. Otherwise, you have to pay them. And I think that's why they went to this route of being part of this blue ribbon. Is so they didn't have to, to pay their volunteers. Your volunteers are paying $20 a year for the chance to volunteer there, plus perks that go along with it, discounts and, and things like that. And you're still you're still walking around. Yeah, you're still going to the convention for free. I mean, it's cheaper. $20 a year, it's, you know, if you have a problem, then just buy a fucking ticket then and, and pay full price if and you want to go. go. <clears throat> I mean, but, you can buy tickets to Phoenix Comic Con in advance. That All three days are like, what, like 35 bucks if you buy them in advance enough? Um, we know we have a lot of listeners that are interested in that kind of thing and interested in, in maybe trying to what goes in the ins and outs of starting a convention. There's a really good article about out there about how not to go about starting a convention. You know, I think strongholding people and I think guilting people that come to a convention is not the way to get your talent there. No. And I'm thinking, I think that's one thing too. And insinuating and, and how can I put that? And, and, and gesturing that someone is going to be here. Yeah. You know, but also when you're doing something, everybody makes mistakes. If you're going to fuck but, up, fuck up big, right? But learn from it. Don't, don't, it, it's, it's fine to make mistakes. It's going to happen. Everybody does it. Fuck it. But don't keep making the same one. <laughs> yeah. At some point you just got to stop. Yes. You, you just need to not. <clears throat> at some point you just kind of move yourself from social media and just stop. At some point, you got to understand that people are trolling you, and you got to just stop. At some point, you got to understand my reputation obviously isn't what I think it is, and you need to stop. But just this—I'm not going to name any names, but just this outlaw Comic Con. It—it seems like a new day. It's just a new evolution of of ridiculousness. And I think a lot of it is. You know, you poke the bear, and the more you poke the bear, you're going to get a reaction out of it. Yeah. And I think, and you know, the internet has gotten very good at, okay, that pokes that guy, that guy, that grinds that guy's gears. Let's fucking throw wrenches Well, yeah, because anyone that knows that that you're now on that person's nerves, and you just saw how that person got on that person's nerves, 
And if you have an issue with this person, then you're going to continue it on. And so, and then it's just a fucking trickle down effect. It's going to constantly go down. I think one thing, what I have seen from, from being on this side of the fence of, of people who start cons, running cons, do cons is before you announce anything, have everything set that you want. I think that's, that's, you know what I mean? Don't announce anything until you know it's there. Anything, because the only thing that happens is, is you announce it, and if it falls through, you have to retract it, or if you get this insane outcry over it, you have to change it. Okay, so I'm trying to do this. So you come when all your, when all your eggs are in your basket. Everything is in there. Okay, I've spent the last six months doing this, 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 and this, and this. I have, I think with, you know, like, even if you got, like, eight people. I got these eight people. Okay, look who we've got so far. Okay, WonderCon and, and, and San Diego do it perfect. They do it in waves. Mm-hmm. So every so often they'll do, after they're locked in, they'll do a wave of people. Boom. There's a bunch of people coming. And then you won't hear anything for a little bit. And then when they have something locked in and done, there's a wave and you get to hear this next round of what is going on. And I think that's something that's that just wait. And I know and it must be exciting because you, you it probably almost feels like the carrot is dangling in front of you and you're actually bumping it. You know what I mean? Instead of like missing it. And I, I, I can only imagine that excitement is like, Hard to contain. But I think being on the other side of that fence, you need to contain it. You need to fucking bottle that shit up, fucking cork it, <clears throat> and don't fuck with it until you know that you can, uh, you can take that cork out. Yeah. Because all you're going to do is you're going to get this reaction from people who don't give a shit that are just going to fucking troll you, and they're just going to break you down to nothing. I just want to say before we're going to that shout out to the podcast Impressible Defects for, for mentioning us, even though they couldn't fucking remember our, our name of our show. Oh, those guys are kick-ass. I listen to them every week. But, those guys. Funny as fuck. You guys should all, if you guys are into speculating, cool news, you know, they do they do kind of a cool comic review thing, too. Check them out. They're they're worth giving a listen to in that situation if you are a comic book store owner and you just decided one day that i don't want to sell new release books anymore and i just want to kind of want to get your opinion on that because like i said i read about it about a local store doing it and i just i know you've always said you want to open your own brick and mortar store and i just kind of thought wanted to pick your brain and, and see what your your thought process on it was well that's my thought process and that's talking to like a lot of people about it. Like I've, I've gone over it and I've mowed over it so many times trying to, you know, to muster up the courage to finally, you know, open a, open up fucking Kyle's drunken comic store. <laughs> people come for more beer than comics. The drunken comic. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, let's get into some of our own show. What our own people like. Still a little bit of news. Fucking news. And then comic book reviews and fucking wrap this shit up. Right. Put a little bow on it and call it pretty. Call it a day. Uh, Arrested Development Season 5 is finally close to Pass. happening. <laughs> Pass? You don't like Arrested Development? Uh, 
no, it's not. Uh, it's not my sense of humor. Executive producer uh, Brian Grazer told Deadline that during the recent Television Critics Association event, all the individual parties are close to figuring out the deal to bring more of the dysfunctional family's misadventures to Netflix. Again, because they did a Netflix season. Yeah, they already. did season four, and it was not well regarded because they couldn't get everyone in, the, in at the same time. So all these sh- scenes were filmed at different times and then spliced together. So it didn't really work as well as previous seasons. Um, Batman Flash crossover set to explore DC Watchmen Rebirth mystery. If you all remember when the DC Rebirth um, kicked off last May, the you kind of had that um, Watchmen cliffhanger at the end, then you get Batman that finds the button, and Wally West and, and Flash, you know, kind of say that they're gonna figure out who is who's behind all this. Well, it looks like we're finally gonna get that figured out. Appropriately titled "The Button," the story will take place within Batman and Flash twenty one and twenty two. Sweet. So we we are not that many issues away. Nope. A dozen? Not a dozen, like seven. <coughs> and uh, so. But fourteen came out today, right? Uh no, no, I think no. I think you're thinking of Detective because Batman didn't come out today. Or no, Flash. F- what number Flash is it? Oh, you're thinking of fl- fourteen? Yeah. Okay. So then, yeah, it's the same Batman. I think. I think Batman's fourteen as well. Yeah, so I think it's like seven away. Um, twenty-one, twenty-two. Yeah. Here's one that'll probably send your blood pressure into the fucking stratosphere. <laughs> Over seven hundred and thirty thousand copies of The Walking Dead one sixty-three have been ordered by retailers. Just so everybody can get the the two hundred variant and the five hundred variant because they're fucking cool. Image Comics has announced that The Walking Dead one sixty-three, an oversized forty-page issue. From creator Robert Kirkman and artist Charlie Adlar will ship over 730,000 copies to comic shops when it arrives in stores February 1st. I almost bought 500 issues so I can get that. But I was like, you know what? Why the fuck would I buy 500 issues of The Walking Dead? Yeah. When I could just, you know what? The Mar... Okay, seven... Okay, for every... So... 700,000 issues. Pretty sure I'm going to be able to find that variant on eBay. Yeah. And if I could find it for the cost of the 500 issues, then 500 issues. That's like fucking, that would be like too long. That would be, what, two long boxes? Yeah. Of just one issue. Fuck that. That's fucking stupid. That number is the highest the direct market has seen for a single issue in nearly two decades. This issue will carry a 25 cent cover price as part of the 25 years of image and is said to kick off the next major story arc, uh, Conquered. Welcome to the <coughs> 90s. That's what that is. Yeah, right. 700,000 issues. Well, I mean, it was only a quarter issue, so it's, ne- I mean, the regular issue will never be more than a quarter. Yeah. Because all the books that month, I believe all the books that month of February are only at 25 cents because of their. 25 year anniversary and it's also a a way to get people back into the local comic shops and get into their get you interested in the image flagship so they cannot pick up their boxes yeah to get you interested in the image flagship titles there's some badass you know I re- I'm fucking I think finally next month Paper Girls comes back yeah because it was on it's been on hiatus for like four months, months yeah 
since well before Christmas. Yeah. But I got, <coughs> yeah, I mean, Austin can get Walking Dead for 25 cents. Hopefully we get Outcast for 25 cents. Yeah, all, D, all image we'll titles. Final Love for 25 cents. Hopefully we get Paper Girls for 25 cents. Fucking, that's fucking cool. Um, Thanks, Image. Right. If you've heard the rumors that DC is starting to give away books for free, do not believe the hype. Do not believe into those lies or misinformation. Come to us. Let us tell you what's really going on. What's really going on. DC Rebirth titles are available for free on Hoopla Digital. If you go to a li- if you've got a library card at one of 1300 public library systems that works with Hoopla Digital, you can now read a number of DC Rebirth collected volumes for free. The available and titles include Green Arrow Volume 1, The Death and Life of Oliver Queen, DC Universe Rebirth Deluxe Edition, and Superman Volume 1, Son of Superman. Hoopla Digital partners with public libraries across North America to provide online and mobile access to TV movies, um, ebooks, audiobooks, and comics. Patrons can borrow, stream, and download content with a valid library card. So you can go on the Hoopla website and find out if there's a, an, uh, a library in your area that allows you to do this. But I've been seeing posts everywhere misinforming people saying DC comics are going to be free. DC comics are going to be free. DC comics are going to be free. No, they're not. And the, the, DC would not make money if their comics were free. No, no, <laughs> they wouldn't. I mean, they'd still, there'd still be advertising in there, but it would be, there'd probably be four pages of story yeah. and the rest would be advertising. Right. But I mean, I think Stanley have always put it best about digital versus physical copies. People like to feel the comic in their hand, man. Like boobs, they're great to look yep. at on a screen, but you always want them in your hand. End of story. Yep, I agree. And that's why we will, we will because. And the other thing too is, is a lot of people who collect comics, they're you're they're never going to be worth anything. There's going to be no, there's no way that you'll be able to have that thousand dollar digital comic book. Right. It's a it's a physical thing, you know what I mean? Because you could always make copies of digital stuff. Yeah. So there's the, everyone can have the copy of Digital Hulk 181. <laughs> Everybody can have Digital Hulk 181. Digital like, Spider-Man. Like 300. I have, I have Digital Spider-Man one through seven hundred. There you go. I have all of them, all the annuals, everything digital. Somebody, somebody took the time to scan it. Damn, it's scanned. So it's like the actual page is scanned. It's pretty fucking cool. That's crazy. But I mean, but I, yeah, I have Spider-Man. One through seven hundred, but it's fucking digital. Yeah, I could print them like I did that one time. Digital. When I brought you that three hundred. Mm-hmm. We got the uh, <laughs> the trailer for for the new movie Chips. Oh today. my god, I cannot wait to see that fucking movie. <coughs> really, you think it's gonna be funny, dude? It was fucking hilarious. That whole part where they're in the underwear, the whole fucking bumping swords and sh- oh my god, dude, that shit's gonna be fucking hilarious. Part that made me laugh at the trailer isn't the end where. Uh, Michael Pena, who plays Poncherelli, is got Dax Shepard's character up and he throws him in the tub. And he's like, Did you did you touch my junk? And he's like, No, there's no contact. Are you sure? Because it felt like there's no, no there's no contact. Are you sure? Maybe there's a little contact. <laughs> ah. Movie's gonna it's gonna be there's so many cool people in that movie too. Yeah. Like I mean I saw. I watched it like three times today. The trailer, fucking. The movie fuck. came out of nowhere though, and it comes out in March. So like, I didn't even. 
I wasn't even ready for it. It kind of <laughs> came out of nowhere. That shit looks so fucking fucking stupid. It's going to be like the new 21 Jump Street. That shit looks funny. <laughs> I actually, I'm actually thinking about going to the movies to see it. Really? Yeah, because it looks fucking funny as fuck. Uh, ben Riley is the Scarlet Spider again in all new series, written by Peter David with art by Mark uh, Bagley. Um, um, so that I mean, I don't know if you've seen. I've been meaning to post the picture of the new Scarlet Spider costume. I don't know if you've seen it yet. So. Instead of being like the hooded sweater like he used to wear, it's a skin tight suit, red and, and blue, like his normal Scarlet Spider suit. Uh-huh. But the hood is part of the suit, so it's not, it's not like the hoodie that he used to wear. Like yeah. that was my favorite version of the Ben Riley Scarlet Spider is the hoodie. I didn't care for like the fucking outside web shooters, and I like the the red. I like the blue hoodie. Scarlet so you don't Spider like that it kind of lost the hoodie feel to it? Well, right. It, I mean, it still has the hood to it, but it's more of a skin-tight Spider-Man it suit. like a hoodie. No, so no. It's, instead of being like a hoodie like it was before, yeah, it's the, the Spider-Man outfit, but it just has a hood attached to it. So instead of being like the cut-off sweatshirt like it was before, uh-huh. now it's just like the suit with a hood attached to it. I'll post it on the Facebook page. I've been meaning to do that, and I forgot. We also got the first look at the Entertainment Weekly cover uh, with the Defenders on it. I've been meaning to post that as well. I didn't see that. Um, today? Today. Uh, Donald Glover's Atlanta Season 2 will be delayed until 2018. Is he going to be? He's going to be in Star Wars. Yep. The release said that the delay, um, the delay in Season 2 was due to Donald Glover's busy production schedule, which the actor has been cast as a young version of Lando Calrissian. In Han Solo standalone film, among other things. What do you think of him playing that? I think it's good. I think he'll do good. I like Donald Glover. I like think I only liked him in Community. You liked him in Community? Or yeah, you he was funny as fucking it. You, I've liked him in pretty much everything I've seen him in. You like his raps? Challenge the Gambino, yeah. I love the album because of the internet. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Uh, oh, yeah, you played it at your party, huh? No, that was Jason that did that. Huh? Yeah. Another uh, another actor joining Star Wars uh, is Woody Harrelson. I think that's cool. Woody Harrelson has joined the cast of Han Solo, a Star Wars story that's still a working title. Um, yesterday, Woody Harrelson officially joined the cast of Han Solo, a Star Wars story. When asked about his role, he said, I'm a mentor to Han, but uh, I'm also a bit of a criminal. He said, I don't think I can say much more than that because the Force is not allowing me to. Would you get him? You get him, Woody. Get him, Woody. Everyone's in Star Wars now. Like everyone. I'm not. All these big actors are in Star Wars all of a sudden. I'm going to make a petition so I can be in Star Wars. So you can be in the Star Wars? Oh. So you can voice a, a droid? I don't give a shit as long as I'm in Star Wars. <laughs> uh, Drake Bell. I don't know if y'all remember Drake Bell from Drake and Josh. He will do whatever it takes to play Robert Kirkman's, uh, to play Invincible based on the Robert Kirkman story, if they were making it into a movie. He said in a recent interview, um, Invincible was his favorite comic book, and he really wants this role if it ever turns into a movie. What would you make Drake Bell do? So I'll pose this question again to you. Steven Tyler wanted to be in Guardians 3. <laughs> said he would do anything. You said, what, did he, what would he have to do if you were the director to be in Guardians 3? Let you fuck his daughter. Right? Uh-huh. What would you make Drake Bell do if you were the director 
of Invincible, what would you make Drake Bell do to hook me up with iCarly? <laughs> hook you up with iCarly? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of weird. <laughs> she's like nineteen. Perfect. And she's all enough to vote. 30. She's old enough to buy smokes. She's good. Oh. There's grass. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, what if there's no grass in the field? Good for her. <laughs> Good for her. <coughs> How does she know? <coughs> I think she's like 19 or 20. Perfect. Let me see. Miranda. <laughs> Cosgrove. <laughs> Have her hook me up. <laughs> Have him hook me up with iCarly. <laughs> That's it. That's cancel. That's not what I was expecting. What were you expecting? I don't know. I just wasn't expecting to hook me up with iCarly. She's only 5'6". Yeah, know. she's short. She's she, cute, though. She's a shorty. She was born in 93. Yeah. So, she's in her 20s. Dude, she is 23. It's fucking on. <laughs> she's old enough to drink. She's old enough to leave the country. There you go. And she's rich. That's what... All right, Drake. To get this role, you gotta hook Kyle up with iCarly. Yep. Miranda Taylor Cosgrove. Oh man. That's it. That's it. Oh. <laughs> I can't wait to see the photoshops of you on the set of iCarly. Oh, that'd be fucking. <laughs> that'd be fucking great. Oh man. Power look, look at her. Look, look at her now, though. Yeah, she's cute. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Um. Power Rangers gets an official rating. The film has now officially been rated PG-13. Um, Michael Keaton reveals why he left Batman forever, and I think it's kind of funny. In an interview, Keaton said it sucked. I knew it was in trouble. fucking fantastic. (laughs) He's like, it sucked, and I knew it was in trouble when Joe Schumacher said, why does everything have to be so dark? (laughs) And to finish up our news for this week, um, Carrie Fisher's ashes were laid to rest in a giant Prozac pill urn. Prozac. Yep. <laughs> Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds were laid to rest in a private service um, with the Star Wars actress's ashes being placed in a giant Prozac pill urn. I guess it was this giant <clears throat> it was this giant Prozac pill she's had. Oh, look at her right there. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah. And I guess she carried it everywhere with her. She was proud of it. She had it in her house and everything. And her, her daughter and her brother decided that it was only fitting to to have her buried in it. She's she's one that uh You're still going on about iCarly. Yeah. She <laughs> she uh look this person made it with her unibrow. <laughs> 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 no, but she's one that she, like after she got famous you didn't like see her like No, she like in the news and stuff. Yeah. She like I don't know, she was like, Fuck this, I'm not gonna be a fucking all crazy like everybody else. I don't know if you know who Michelle Trachtenberg is. She's another one of those that like went away. She was a Disney a Disney kid or a Nickelodeon kid when she was younger. And she went away and then came back. It was like incre- insanely hot when she came back. Are you looking her up? Yeah, I'm looking her up right now. Oh, I know who she is. She was in uh, Euro Trip. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. She was in The Adventure of Pete and Pete that disappeared and then came back and she was extremely hot in Euro Trip. Yep. She was in Seventeen again. I love that show. Your that movie. Your she show. was a cop out. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. Scotty doesn't know. Scotty doesn't know. You know who I used to really like? What the fuck? I can't think of her name now, but she was... You remember... Uh, oh, okay, I'll tell you her name. What's what's that movie with uh, Ashton Kutcher? Dude, where's my car? I'll tell you who. I used to fucking... Brittany Murphy? No. Oh. No, 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 no. Uh, she's... Oh, what the fuck is her name? Uh, is it the... I think it's Marla Skolkov. Oh yeah, Skolkov. Marla Skolkov. I loved her. I I love her. Like she is my. Oh yeah. Okay. End all, be all. Like she is. <clears throat> I think she, she played Gene. She played Gene on Full House. I think. If she knocked on my door and said, "Come away with me," you guys would never ever see me again. <laughs> like, have, have she you was talked to your wife about this? She knows. She knows. She totally knows. Like I watched. I've watched every. I've watched everything that she's ever been in. She's a, she's one of the five, huh? Yeah. The five that you can cheat on your wife with and get away with it? I don't know about all that. I just wouldn't come back. <laughs> you just would disappear. Where's Kyle at? Who? Oh, Mar- Marla showed up at the door. <laughs> you change your name. You take on her name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kyle Skull. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be... St- but remember she was in that movie uh, Sugar and Spice where they robbed the bank and shit? Yeah. Or the Walmart or whatever? Yeah, fuck yeah. Dude, she's in, oh yeah, like she was in a road trip and she was the chick that just she just worked at Target. Yeah. Like yeah, I love her. Okay. You love her. I love her. That's all I have for news. That's uh, it. That's it. Carrie Ooh, Fisher. About Marla for a little Carrie longer. Fisher and the pill bottle pretty much uh, sealed that deal. Uh, we got comic book reviews though. We got some quite a stack of comics to review this week. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight books. Holy shit. Balling. Balling. Fucking just throwing money. Fuck throwing yeah, money. Everywhere. I only have four. Four? Yeah. This is travesty. I just, the, the, my only other book was Spider-Man and my, my comic book store. They, could, they said their packages got misrouted, so they didn't get like 18 titles. Sounds like a. Sounds like improper ordering to me. I think it's diamond. <clears throat> Sounds like piss poor. Um, what? What is it? Prudent proper planning could prevent piss poor performance. <laughs> well, I mean, if you order it and it doesn't show up, it's not really not your fault. Well, Especially if it if it's on a different truck. <clears throat> I'm saying he didn't order it. He lied to you. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's what I'm getting at. I know what you're getting at. I'm just defending lies. All right, well. We can start with since you have like four oh, more you, books than I do. You want me to start, huh? I always start. You always start. Um, Guess you can start with <clears> Jessica Jones. I'll start with Jessica Jones, number four. Jessica Jones, number four. I picked it up and then I put it back. Uh, I didn't read the first three. Yeah, I, I'm i still really enjoying this this comic. Um. You're still kind of in the dark about what's going on. Um, Luke Cage is still trying to find Jessica Jones to find out what she did with her kid, with their kid. Um, in the last issue, you met a uh, a woman who was pretty much like threatening Jessica, trying to get Jessica to to um, basically sell out the Avengers by the name of Allison Green, and she's kind of looking for someone to turn on the Avengers. 
and throughout this issue, you see that Captain Marvel knew that something like this was coming. So she teamed with Jessica Jones to kind of get this person to come out into the light because they thought it was going to be a Hydra agent. And it turns out that this woman um, used to be was a civilian who Captain Marvel thought was a member of Hydra. So she interrogated her for hours. <clears throat> and now that she did that, she wants her revenge um, on Captain Marvel. And she's going to try and use Jessica Jones to do it. But Captain Marvel and Jessica Jones came up with this plan a long time ago that she was going to look like she was down and out on her luck and was ready to turn on the Avengers so that this this woman could use her against the Avengers to try and take them down. And um, <clears throat> her and Captain Marvel kind of talking that they've had this all in plan and that she had to go to jail. Basically, her going to jail was just a ploy to get this person to come out into the light. And that's kind of the light. That's kind of where what this whole issue covered. Um, I really like. I mean, it's Brian Michael Bendis writing it. He's the original creator, Jessica mm-hmm. Jones. It's been a phenomenal story. I feel like this issue was kind of the weaker of the the four that have been out. Um, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't as strong as it could have been. Um, it didn't. It did a little bit. It did a. A lot to drive the plot, but didn't do enough to really hold my interest. So I'm going to give this issue with Jessica Jones probably a 7 out of 10. Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, let's see. I can do... Let's go uh, Titans number 7. In this issue of Teen Titans number 7, this is just setting up the new story arc where they're moving to Manhattan. I think that's what all these books are. Yeah, they pretty much are. Yeah. All the DC books pretty much are, yeah. The Titan, they're setting up the Titans Take Manhattan story arc. Um, essentially, the floating Titans compound. Yep. In this, in this issue, the Titans are fought, fighting this giant metahuman that made himself grow huge. And right here, no his legs. No. <laughs> they end up taking him down, and when they take him down, Superman shows up, and. He's kind of like, I heard that there was a disturbance in New York City. You heard a disturbance of the force? Yep. And uh, I thought that it could use my attention. And he he acknowledges Wally West. And if you remember up to this point in Titans, nobody knows who Wally West is. They know who he is, but they don't remember him. Mm-hmm. Um, so Superman acknowledges him and says, how are you doing, Wally? And knows who he is. And Superman goes to take off and Wally chases him down. And um, Wally catches up to him, and he pretty much says, you know me? Like, you you know who I am? And goes through the whole spiel of rebirth. And Superman's like, yes, I know who you are. Because you got to remember, there's two Supermans in this universe. There's This Superman was pre-New 52. Yep. So he knows everything that happened before that. So he knows they have, Wally they West. They have that Superman, and they have the New 52. Because no, New Fifty Two Superman died. Died, yeah. So it's in this super in this the New Fifty Two Superman in in Rebirth is Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. So he remembers Wally West, and Wally is kind of like, "You remember who I am?" And and Clark is like, "Yeah, I know who you are." And he's like, "You're," and then he starts talking to him about his reporter wife and everything like that. And he's like, "Well, she doesn't remember who I am." And Superman kind of gives him that whole Boy Scout speech of maybe you need to to rebuild your life the way you want it to be that maybe you can't put everything the way it second chance. Yeah. You can't put everything back the way it was, but you can, you can try if it's worth it to, to make it what it once was and I'd make a, I'd be a pimp if I got to try 
make the life that you want for yourself. And he tells him, I remember who you are. And he's like, I, I'm married in Dolores and have a son. And like, Wally's kind of taken back by all this. And he, he's just kind of like, Clark's just like, don't worry about it. Your secret's safe with me. He's like, anytime you need anything. And then they, Clark got, challenges got him. $20? Yeah. <laughs> Clark challenges him to a race. So you get another Kid Flash versus Superman race. That's cool. And they race to the tower and you kind of, they're like. Superman's tower? No, the Titan's Between tower in New York. And you find out that they like grew Titan Tower. That they got some like chemical organism that allowed it to grow in over eight, under eight hours. So they grew Titan Tower. Dude, you had me. I, I, I was excited to get home and read that book until you said that. <laughs> just and then, it. and then my whole balloon went. <clears throat> that's that's the very last page, though. I, I would, I'd say I would definitely recommend reading it. It was a good one-off shoot to start the new story arc, because Superman shows up at Titan Tower and he's like, kind of like your digs. He's like, it's like old times, and that's where it ends. So, it'll be cool to see what happens when the Titans take Manhattan, but. They become uh, Wall Street brokers. That just, just rhymed. It's cool. It'll be cool to see what happens when the Titans take Manhattan. Ooh, you're a poet and didn't know it. Yeah, I'm an idiot savant. <laughs> I'm an idiot savant. Uh, so Titans number seven, I gave a seven five out of ten. Yeah, everything seems to be kicking off. So it's those that first issue. Yeah, all over again. The, kick the off issue lull. Yeah. What do you got next? Um. Well, we can go into Flash. What other book do you have that that is um, different? I have Violent Love. Sweet. I have Spider Man. Spider Man. You want me to do Spider Man? Yeah, I do Spider Man. All right. This is Spider Man number twelve, but number twelve slash number one. So it's it's number twelve in the book, but it's number one as it's it's kicking off the it's all new Marvel now or Marvel now run. Are you serious? <laughs> so hey, remember they did that. I, they, I don't like when they do that shit. So this, remember they did it with, they did it with Spider-Man before. Yeah. Remember it was issue. It's, I, I don't like when they do two numbers. Shit. That's fucking bullshit. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Kyle. So angry. He's got a rage boner. He had to fucking adjust I had to himself put it back. Cause they got my blood pumping in this issue. Um, it's pretty much Miles is telling Yankee and Gold Balls about how he made out with Spider Woman. Let me see that. Guy. AKA Spider Gwen. Motherfucker. What? Is Spider Gwen really in this issue? Yeah. Motherfucker. Why? I hope they were going to get rid of her. No, she's in it. She's in it for the long haul. Oh, they're getting together. Yep, they're going to be a couple. Fucking bullshit. Keep that bitch out of these books. Why? Nobody gives a fuck about Spider Gwen. Actually, a lot of people do. She's a hot commodity, son. Real hot. Fuck you. Um, so in this book, <laughs> essentially throughout the the whole book, Miles is telling Genki and Gold Balls He's about how from behind. he made out with Spider Woman and how this all went Spider down. Gwen? And, well, they call her Spider Woman in the book, but Do yeah, they Spider really? Gwen. Yeah, but Spider Gwen. Um, so does she call herself Spider Gwen? She doesn't. And they say she she doesn't name herself yet. She doesn't reveal who she is. Um, so she doesn't have her costume on at all in it. No, she does. She has her costume on the entire time, but she doesn't call herself Spider Gwen. You, you, I'll, I'll get into it. So he's telling the story, but then it kind of twists from the story of him making out with her to him looking for his dad. Because how they find each other? 
I'm, I'll get to it. Okay. His dad is missing. And his mom tries to call his dad, and it goes right to voicemail. He tries to call his dad, and it goes right to voicemail. He's trying to find his dad and figure out what happened to his dad. And we all know his dad has joined S.H.I.E.L.D. again, because he used to be an old S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, and now he's rejoined S.H.I.E.L.D. to protect Miles. And they sent him off on this other dimension to a, a mission to this other dimension. And they're using the same... And I, and I kind of like that, the fact that the, the trans-dimensional jumpers are still being used from Spider-Verse. Uh-huh. So Miranda Hill shows up out of nowhere and, and basically confronts Miles. And she's like, listen, we lost connection. We lost contact with your dad. He went to this other dimension, this other New York. You need to go find him. So he uses that trans-dimensional jumper to go across. And as he's doing it, he gets to this. So that's new, what got Spider Verse going. Yeah, he gets to this new New York where he sees this fat woman. New New York. Well, his new New York, yeah, of this of Spider Gwen's dimension, New York or Spider Gwen's dimension, and he sees this fat woman being shaken down by a bunch of thugs. Well, it turns out that the um, <laughs> it turns out that the the fat woman is actually shaking down the two two thugs because they work for her. And she has this belt that like shoots. She's almost like um, she starts shooting out these like rings everywhere, and um, <laughs> she kind of does that. And Miles is kind of running from her as she's attacking him. And then that's when he kind of runs into he he runs into Gwen at the end of the the story arc where he's kind of like beat up and, and standing up. Um, um, and then he, he kind of sees spider going in the rubble and she's like, I don't know exactly what you think you're doing, but I'm not here to help clean this up. Um, and, and that's kind of where it ends when she gets introduced. But, um, it was good, like a good jumping on point for the next story arc. Like that's kind of like Kyle said, that's kind of like what all these books are. It's kind of the next story arc. It's setting up the next story arc and it's, it was a good book. I would have to give it, I mean, I would say it's my pick of the week just because Kyle already took my pick of the week. Fucking dick. <laughs> I did it but too. this out of everything else I read, I felt that everything else was kind of mediocre. This was the only thing that really held my interest. And I'm always, I always get excited about reading um, this Spider-Man book just because I really like Miles. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, see, making out with Spider-Gwen. I don't like spider going. Yeah, doesn't bother. I do. It doesn't bother me. Um, but yeah, I give this book an eight out of ten. I would say if you're a Spider Gwen fan and you're a Miles fan, go pick it up. The art in it is fucking amazing. I can't stress it enough. Amanda Pacelli is an amazing artist. If you ever get a chance to get anything signed by her, do it. Her art is fucking crazy. You got something good. signed by her? I huh? did. Yeah. yeah. I got her to sign my Spider-Man, my very first appearance, Miles. Oh, shit. So. Didn't she sketch it, too? Yep, she sketched on the back of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was at San Diego, right? It sure was. Good memory. I remember. He remembers without member berries. So, yeah. Eight out of ten for Spider-Man I need number get, 12. I, need, I hope my comic book store has it tomorrow so I can go get it and read it. So, 
Flash? Yeah, we can do Flash. Return of Captain Cold. I did not care for this book this week. I liked it because it... If you weren't a Flash fan, it gave you Flash history. The way that they... I thought that part was cool. If you weren't familiar with Flash and you weren't really big on who the villains of Flash were. You didn't know who the rogues are. You got to you got to see who the rogues were. That I mean I thought that was really cool. The fact that he kind of harped and this whole issue is pretty much him like I need to find him. Like almost like he's not complete unless he's battling them. He doesn't like these secondary uh villains coming in cuz paper cut because it's I like uh bone dry. Yeah. I thought that was I was like they, they need to do something that motherfucker but nope <laughs> we're gonna fucking we're going to beat him real quick and we're gonna fucking put him away yeah but I th- the one I thought it was cool because they're introducing like he, he he's gonna get to fight the it's, it's cool mm-hmm. I like that I thought they they the fact that he ran through this entire episode, warned, just just wandering where they are. I'm just wondering where they're at. You know, they're gone. Why? The fact that they they made it to where you know they made it to where he misses them. Yeah, he misses fighting them. He misses fighting alongside them or against them. He just misses them, and that was kind of. I think that was kind of the lull of the book. Like I think they should have. Introduced him like they did, gave a little story to it, and then kicked him in sooner, because they kicked him at the very end of the book. Which, if look, and by the end of the book, whatever they're doing, it's gonna happen in one hour. So they're gonna are they gonna pull like a twenty four for sixty minutes? Is that gonna be yeah. the story arc? You know what I mean? I know it's not. I know it's just that next issue is gonna be the hour, and then it's gonna the rest of the story arc is gonna play out but because I was actually very excited for this Captain Cold like I think and both uh, could, did you get did you see the other cover no the other cover was a throwback to old school flash so it was it looked like an old 10 cent mm-hmm. flash cover so it was pretty cool Johnson did it hmm. and uh, but I, I was really I was really excited to be back but that's pretty much what this issue was it's the beginning of the story arc and it seems to be the theme of this comic review is almost until we get to Outcast. But it seems to be this theme of this is everything's kind of starting with new story arcs. So it's, it's introducing what's going on. Yeah. I thought it was kind of cool just because they're introducing everybody. Like you got, you got some old Flash villains. I thought that was cool. So I enjoyed that. And I enjoy that he's going to battle them with Kid Flash. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like the meat of the the issue was wasted. Of him just going, I wonder yeah, where, where they're at. Where are they? I mean, it was kind of cool to see him use his resources and try and track them down as 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 um, uh, Barry Allen instead of the Flash because he realized he can't get a truthful answer for right as Flash trying to figure out where these motherfuckers are. But I just feel like the meat on the sandwich. Like you got you had a gourmet bread at the beginning, and gourmet bread at the end, 
but the meat of the sandwich was just empty. It's like I I equivalent to eating a Subway sandwich. You eat a foot long and you're still like, I'm not satisfied. Because you watch them take that one piece of meat and fold it in half yeah. so they so it looks like you have to. Yeah, so you're, it looks like you're getting a lot of meat. Yeah, you're just like, I'm not. I think they energy. I think. That plan and whatever, once he got to that where, because at the end what happens, he, he figures out where they are, where their warehouse is. He finds that they have plans to rob and that he's figured out what they're kind of doing, which is cool is it was, it's all a trick. Mm-hmm. It was just to get him there and just to, they were playing on the flash. They were playing the flash and he realized it was going to blow up and it just like it did. And then. But the villains are like, okay, look, he played right into our trap. Now we have the next hour is, is our whole plan. So whatever they've been planning, they only planned for whatever they're trying to frame him or ruin him. They're going to do it in 60 minutes. The other thing I found interesting was what Kid Flash is doing with a file on Reverse Flash. Yeah, I saw that. And how like Barry Allen is still pissed that he's hanging out with the Teen Titans. Yeah, but he's like, I could sense his speed force energy. It was throbbing. The throbbing speed force. <laughs> he's talking about his I can man sense, package. I can sense the throbbing of his speed force <laughs> as he entered, as he came near me. Right, <clears throat> as he glided his sword. <laughs> yeah, as he glided to a stop in front of me, I could feel the throbbing his, presence of his speed force. Yes, his throbbing, throbbing. Speed Force. Yep. <laughs> I thought it wasn't bad. Yeah, Speed Force was throbbing through his red and yellow suit. <laughs> you could see it bulging. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought, yes. It was I like thought, a dog when he's a little too excited. Gets a little bit of lipstick red coming rocket, out. Red yeah. <laughs> little bit of lipstick. <laughs> Never heard that term before. Uh, That's no, no. Turn the mm. lipstick. <laughs> Anyways, that's enough of that. What did you give this if she I gave it a 7 out of 10. I'm going to give it an 8. I thought it was... I mean, I mean... Like I said, it started out really good and it ended really good. You're right, the middle was lacking. But I, I think it's actually going to... I think it's actually introducing another... I think it's going to be a very good arc. We left kind of a... We came into Flash with a really good arc. We got put into kind of a lull, and I think this is the one that's going to bring Flash back. I think if you're on the fence with Flash, I think you give this arc the chance that's going to bring you back. That's what I think. Yeah, uh, I mean, my consensus consensus is pretty much the same across the board with all these DC books is that they're, they're the sevens because they weren't... You know, it's hard to go... From a book like Batman last week, and you've had Batman killing it as of late, you have Detective killing it as of late, Flash, all these books just killing it, and then you get into this new story arc and they kick off on a, kind of a lull point, and it's, you know, I I want a little bit more bang for my buck, and like I said, feeling like I I was sat down to a good meal, and that first bite was like, yeah, this is pretty good. Then you get in through the middle of it, and you're like, man, I'm just not full. I'm still hungry. This wasn't what I wanted. It's good, but it's not It's not satisfying what I wanted. It's it's not what I wanted. It was I good, wanted. but it wasn't what you wanted. Right. 
and you get that last bite, and you're like, again, it was good. It just didn't hit the spot. Yeah. So, that's what I think. That's I how go. Detective was for me. Detective was very much the same way. Yeah. Very much the same way. And I think, that, well, we might as well just do Detective next. Detective nine forty eight. We're getting there. I. <clears throat> Batwoman Begins Part One. Which cover did you get? Albuquerque. Yes, sir. I have on my poll box, no matter what, if it's an Albuquerque cover, just put it in my box. I thought the way this issue was drawn, I really liked. I don't know if somebody did different drew it this week, but it was drawn very differently. The whole book was drawn differently. Did you notice that? Uh, not re- well. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I did. It's drawn differently, especially at the very beginning with like the close up on Batman's faces and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So this book was pretty much the one thing I really didn't like about this book was that it picked back up from that fucking Monsterman shit. Yes. I wish I would leave that alone. So now what happens is there's a part of Gotham that's like quarantined off because of that huge monster that they fought. And they're and it's pretty much goes back. It actually starts with mutating seagulls. <laughs> yes, it's just I don't know. It dude, I love I love the way it's drawn though. Like the the same artist is not fucking drawing this book as last week. I don't give a shit. These are some of my, f- the panels where, uh, where Batwoman is talking to her dad. Is fucking just the way that that she's drawn. It's I. These are fucking badass. Yes, panels. they are. Like just the way they're. I mean, like I'm. I so wish the story was better because. The way that this and whoever's drawing it, I hope that they continue drawing it. I hope, or if it's the same person, they draw it like this, because this whole book was beautifully drawn. Even the goofy ass, stupid, fucking seagull mutated humans. So what it is is there's a there's a part of Gotham where they they where they defeated that monster that huge monster man. They. It's stuck there. They haven't moved it yet. It's quarantine, and what's happening is the, the the what was running in its blood and in its veins is mutating. So as the seagulls are eating it, they get like attacked by these mutated human seagulls. And what they've done is they've run into uh, what's her name? They they uh, they go to uh, they they run into Doctor Victoria October, which is. That's the reason they were there. Batman and her, that's the reason. But what she is, is she's the... uh, She's using that mutation and stuff to create weapons. And and that's that's what she's pretty much talking about. And as this is going on, the reason she's actually called them there is because... Because there's a bunch of fucking ads in this. Is that uh, what is it? Uh, Belfry comes and he's actually stealing a bunch of jars of the uh, mutant gin or whatever was in its veins, and yeah. they need to stop him because he's trying to sell him to the highest bidder to make the ultimate weapon. And since he's a one-man killing machine, 
He doesn't need an army. He just needs him. And it is ended with the override protocols targeting Batman and Batwoman. And that's where it kind of ends. So it, this book was fucking beautifully drawn. Yeah. Like, oh, like it, it, it blows me away how fucking awesome this was. But like everywhere else, this is the one that it's, I, I think, is, is this kicking off Batwoman's own uh, book? I don't think so. I think it's one of those story arcs that's like a two or three bridge, uh, story bridger arc to the next, um, to the next one. Because she's getting her own book. Because it's written by this the same person that uh, the same people that are writing Detective is wrote this issue. It's Bennett and James Tinian are writing it. Tinian is writing Batwoman. Yeah. They must be. See who's the who's who's the art in this one. That's gonna be a title I pick up just because I like, I like how the mysterious direction they're going with her in, in Rebirth. Oh, Ben Oliver. Oliver is the artist, artist in this. Yeah, but he's not drawing Bat uh, Batwoman. Steve Epting is. But yeah, I mean, if it's being written by it, I'm gonna pick it up now too, just because Tinian's writing it. But it was. I, I give this one a seven. It was kind of a low. I pissed me. I like. Remember, I intention. I hated that Monster Man arc so bad. Remember, I intentionally didn't fucking read them. Yeah, I because still I don't I, care I, for I disliked to, and to bring it back. I guess they needed something to project the next arc, and I, I, I hate that they. I hate that I, I don't hate. I disagree that Tinian went to Monster Men for material. Yeah, I, I don't like that they're continuously running with that story. I thought I, that I wish story they would was... have died, stayed away, boxed it up, taped it, put it in your basement, and forgot about it. It's like a crush. Like you've had a good story arcs, like. Just coming off the the last story arc they had, like again, <clears throat> the last issue left off with Tim Drake getting out, breaking free from his prison, uh-huh. and now we're into the Batman Women begins, and there's no mention of Tim Drake. There's no mention. It, it's like our same complaint before. They left off on this cliffhanger with Tim Drake, and then they came back, and they didn't even address it. Yeah. So. I mean, I like the beginning parts where where Batwoman was training with her dad mm. and spying on Batman, and his dad was kind of her dad was kind of like, "You have nothing left to learn from him. He's got nothing to teach you. I'm going to make you a better soldier." <clears throat> she disagrees with him, and and then it picks up to current. But yeah, and you get a new they introduce a new villain at the end of it as well. Um, again, I'm going to have to go seven. I think I'm going to go seven too. Just and and mainly. It's because of that Monster Men throwback. It, or it, I just didn't. I just it just irks me. You might get me a seven point five. Um, just because art is so fucking right, awesome for the art, it. but this is a hard. This next one's gonna be hard. Do we want to do fucking violent love? Do violent or do love. Do outcast. Violent, violent love. love. Yeah. Do what the people have been waiting for. This and this is this is that too. I'm going to say right now, this issue is, it, it, it's, they, they have taken this book, they've picked up and they've ran with it and they're, they're not, they're not in this for the short haul. I don't know. I, I think this is like six or eight issues, which I'm hoping is, but they've gone marathon status with this. And the three issues. They have not slowing down. It is still 
they're fucking running with it. It's been three issues. <laughs> I don't know how many issues this is. I hope it. I hope it's not a quick like story arc. I hope it like I hope it's not like six or eight issues. I hope it's just a continuing thing. But this book starts out with a photographer taking pictures of a fucking gruesome ass crime scene of just blood and bodies and disarray everywhere. And they've gotten this uh, a Texas marshal in now to help with the case. And what happens is, is it picks right back up where it left off, where the girl had gone into the back door and all the people were, all the thugs and gangster type motherfuckers were there. And it, it picks up right there. She's, she, she ducked into the bathroom and they're going, what the fuck are you doing here? Who the fuck are you? What the fuck is your deal? Why they, I mean, they've got guns pointed at her. They're trying to figure her out. And what they do is, uh, the other dude's like, hey, motherfucker, this is for the man. This is for Ramon. Raymond. For the man. For the man. This is this is another girl for her. Fucking smacks him in the back of the head. Fucking better treat her good. Well, at the same time, um, her her friend and that dude, they know they that she's fucked them. She knows that they know that they're going to have to go deal with her, that she is creating a shitstorm. And that she is about to fuck them because they're gonna they know that they're in contact with her, so that they're gonna have to go and try to figure it out and take care of her and do whatever they're gonna do. So So she's gotten all the way to Raymond and remember if you remember from the last issue, she's looking for this dude so that she can Johnny, find where he, Is it Johnny Fingers? Nails. Johnny Nails. And um Yeah, and the guy that she's looking for is this Raymond guy is Ramon or whatever. I took it as Raymond. R-A-M-O-N. I took it as Raymond. But he's being held prisoner in his in his place. So she walks in and he's, uh, you know, there's two girls getting on. He's excited about it. And she's like, hey, I need to talk to my family. I got something to say. And she's, he's like, you know what? You're cute. You ain't going to do nothing. I'll give you five minutes. So she says, okay. So he goes in there and he's like, you're going to tell me where Nails is. And he's like, bitch, I ain't telling you shit. And he pull, she pulls a little knife out and she's about to stab him in the eye. And he already knows he's dead. He knows what his fate is. So he's like, fuck it. He falls on her. Dies. He gets pissed. Raymond gets pissed about it because he needed him alive for something. They didn't really say what he needed him alive for. But whatever it is, he needed to keep him alive for it. And just as that's going on, uh, her friend from the other issue, and I forget the dude's name. They actually don't even say either of their names in this issue. They show up to get her. They, they drove down to where she was at. And you fucking Oops. fell asleep and you dropped all your books. No, I dropped my books. And uh, so as they go in, it just... And this is where it ends up being a fucking shootout. They... They walk in with guns. Everybody points guns at them. It's a fucking shootout. Everybody's shooting everybody. That's And that's what creates that crazy fucking brutal crime scene is everybody's shooting everybody. And just as Ramon's about to fucking kill Daisy, he fucking, Ramon gets blasted from behind. 
and they and they take her away, and now they know that they have to hide out because the uh, everybody's after them now because they killed the fucking the the mob boss of the fucking crime lord family of the drug lord thing. So now they have to hide out, and she's he's like, you pretty much if you're gonna, oh he's a cartel boss. He's like, if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna start shit with people, you need to, you need to be on the end of the gun that's killing them, not, yeah, not somebody on the gun killing for you. So he says, here, you he's need like a gun. teaching her to shoot and stuff. And she gets it's it's and the, the last page is my favorite. She gets it in her she like she gets the gun in her hand and like she knows now that it's gone too far. Too many people are dead. She cannot go back to what she used to be. Yeah. She has created this new path for her, and deep down, she, she likes, likes it. it. Yeah, and that's kind of where it ends. I mean, this it makes her moist. Gets her all moist inside. Yeah, gets her little steamy. Gets her little clammy. Oh god, you just took it too far. <laughs> but this book is fucking. It's fucking gold. It's, I mean, I am so excited about this book. I. Like my comic book store forgot to put it in my box. I think that's one of their titles they didn't get. True, Violent Love. Yeah. So. Well, because I was wondering because you were told me how many books you had on Tuesday, and I was like, I saw it, and I was like, he never mentioned this book. And I was like, uh, did you pick up Violent Love today? What the fuck? No. I was, I was like, fuck. <laughs> but it was this. I mean, this book is on fire. I like the cover too, of the. <clears throat> like pit bull or bulldog or whatever it is fucking eating the dude's hand. There's only one cover this week though, in there. Yeah, that's all I saw, yeah. I mean by your guys' comments, I I'm assuming all you guys out there are reading this. Yeah, I think a lot of people I know Lance is, um Joe is. Joe, I'm not sure about Eric. But it seems I mean this book is fucking awesome. I'm glad that we can give you guys some tips of stuff to check out that you might not normally check out. I know, the, like my buddy Alex, who works at my local comic shop, he's like, normally if you say something, if you say check something out, I do because you got good taste in comics and our tastes are about identical. So, Aww. yeah, Aww. he's my little Filipino dreamboat. <laughs> Stupid. The plane, the plane, the plane. All right, <clears throat> fucking outcast. What did you give Violet Love? Um, I would actually give Violent Love an eight five out of ten. I gave it a nine. Yeah, just one of the reasons is is this were a movie, and they. I wasn't it. trying to oversell it, Kyle. I was trying to just I was trying to just keep my hopes moderate, so that way the next session doesn't have to like <sighs> let me down and and outdo itself. If that was a movie, it would have one of the coolest shootouts. Yes, it would. Up there with true romance. It almost doesn't look like a shootout. It almost looks like she like set a bomb off. Yeah, but it's when they it's when they came in to get her, there was yeah. that big shootout. So I mean <clears throat> she didn't really even do anything. Right. Which I think the next issue is she is going to get the brunt of that where they think it's actually her yeah. that created this mayhem and that's why they're gonna be looking for her now. One because- of the things that struck me about this book is like but issue one, like you thought that her and Johnny Nails were gonna have some kind of relationship. And they were going to go around like Bonnie and Clyde in it. No, no, you no. You know, it's not that at all. It's she's trying to avenge her dead father. No, I thought it was going to be more of her. Like, I thought the one guy, I, I haven't even introduced him, but the guy that's in the first issue isn't with her yet. 
they actually haven't met up. Oh, really? It's her boyfriend. And they actually, I don't think he's, she's actually came to him yet. Cause it's not, there's not two of them yet. It's still, it's still just her, her yeah. moving along. She hasn't actually met up with anybody yet. And the first issue. Cause like this whole story is, is the, this grandfather telling the story to her grand, her, to his grandchild about Johnny Nails in. But they haven't got to, they haven't got to him yeah, yet. Yeah. Like but he's I, telling her this whole story as it's playing, as you're seeing it play out through the comic. But I think I think she hasn't met him yet. Have to go back or it's going to be. I don't think she's met him yet. Maybe I'll have to go back and relook at issue one. Relook at it because it's originally it's two of them and mm-hmm. they're together. But I don't think and right not, now she's using the, people. And yeah, she's it's doing, not the black guy she's with right now. Uh, and it's I don't think it's the dude that's going to show her how to shoot. Mm-hmm. He's going to show her how to shoot a load shoot in her face on her fucking face. Face, so neck, and so chest. So she has to make that weird face and constantly blink her, her eyes. Her vinegar strokes. <laughs> her vinegar strokes all over her face, neck, and chest. Oh, oh! It's magic. It's you magic. Know. All right, Outcast. Yeah, Outcast. Uh, actually, I think Outcast. Outcast is probably my pick of the week. I know Spider Man's up there, but like it's a toss up between Spider Man and Outcast right now. Outcast was my pick of the week until I wrote, I read Violent Love. Outcast is really, really good. <clears throat> Outcast twenty four, no turning back. It's about goddamn time this book does something. You learn the devil is not the devil. Yes, in this book, and it finally does something. It fucking drives something home. There isn't a bunch of bullshit talking. It's not a bunch of just plot. Like it, it this book does so much to move the plot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not plot. Down your sus- pants. It's not plot sustainment. Like the the last issues was this one does a lot to not only separate itself from the TV show, but drive the plot forward in the book. And we find out that Reverend Anderson might not be the guy he thinks he is. Right? Because you found out the devil is the devil. It was all kinds of twists to this one. Yep. Because I mean, even said in it, if you kill me, there'll just be someone else who's going <clears> to <throat> right? take, take my place. And he's just like, you don't like that you're outnumbered and that it's not the way you thought it was. And this book, um, you kind of see... Like Kyle and his Kyle's wife and daughter are hiding out, and uh, the police show up at Kyle's brother in law and sister's house. Which in the in the book, his sister doesn't kill the husband; he just knocks her out. She just knocks yep. him out the window. He's got a broken back now. But you see Kyle and Reverend Anderson have um, the devil tied up in the basement, and he's kind of like they're kind of like beating the shit out of him, and. Uh, He's talking to the one other, the other cop. Um, I can't remember who the character was in the show. Was he the fire department in the show? He was the fire chief in the show. But as if you watch the show, um, his wife was possessed and she was helping all the other people transition. Uh-huh. Well, in this, he he kind of finds that out because he gets possessed himself and he takes off. And uh, they kind of break that and he's with them too and the devil's kind of telling him, he's like, how, you know, how do you know she's not your wife? And he's kind of bragging. He's like, she's kind of the one that's been turned the longest mm-hmm. out of everyone here. And he doesn't know what he who he misses. He doesn't know 
where his wife stops and this thing begins and the, the merge is almost perfect. And then he starts threatening, saying that he knows where Kyle's wife and daughter are. And you see that this woman is continuously coming to Kyle's wife's and daughter's house to push her to go to this special school. Yeah. And she kind of tests her to see if she's an outcast because she goes to hand to the brochure and they touch hands and nothing happens. She kind of tests her to see if she is an outcast or not. And then he kind of like starts taunting Kyle about like, well, we know where your daughter is. It's not a matter of we could take her any time. We're just not choosing not to. Um, things like that. And Kyle's like, fuck you. And he books it. He bails out to go and check on his daughter. And um, <clears throat> the other guy agrees to go with him, leaving Reverend Anderson alone with with the devil. And Reverend Anderson pulls out this knife and he he's going to cut a cross. <laughs> what? I watched this thing on Facebook, dude. This guy, look at this, hold on. Watch this shit. So this guy has a water balloon. He's way up high. He throws it. Boom! It's a bitch right in the face with a water balloon. <laughs> Anyways. That's just so funny. <coughs> Look, you can see it right here. They slow mo it. Yeah, watch. So you see it? it just, blah! <laughs> so I want to do that so bad. That's funny. Reverend Anderson takes out this knife and he's kind of got this eye for an eye mentality of, "You marked me. I'm gonna mark you." And he starts to oh, carve. He marks him. He starts to carve a cross in his chest. This is start to. Well, he he essentially does, and the the devil's kind of like. Um, don't kid yourself. You're not going to stop. Uh, there's no going back after you're getting a taste. He's basically calling him out. So Reverend Anderson continues to go at him and go at him and carve and carve and carve until he ends up gutting him, gutting him. <clears throat> and kills him. And that is an awesome panel where he's sitting there just entrails. Yep. Sprawling out. And, and Tessa's hitting the ground and Tessa's hitting the ground. Yeah, Reverend Anderson kind of looks and, and drops the knife in shock. That made that whole book right there. That made it fucking... It took the book from fucking... <clears throat> this is a good book to fuck yeah. yeah. It took it and Kyle shows up at his wife's house and she's kind of like, you know, she's sitting on the porch. He could tell that she's visibly scared and shaking up and he's kind of like, you know, she's like, I don't know if it's crazy, if you're crazy or it's crazy that I'm starting to believe what you're saying. So she's kind of starting to believe Kyle about everything that's going on. And then I don't know who this dude is. I don't know if that's Kyle's dad at the end that shows up. I thought that's who went with him. No, because the guy who went with him is is still with him already. But this random hooded figure shows up at his mom's bedside. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I don't know who that is. And he's kind of like seeing you like this, seeing what come of you. I'm just gonna, I'm just so very sorry, and I know you can hear me. That's why I've come to apologize, uh, not just for what I've done, but for what I'm going to do, what I'm going to have to do to make Kyle do. He's already suffered so much, but in many ways, this is the only the beginning. Things have, uh, things have to get worse before they can get better. That's just how this works. And you see his comatose mother just kind of like looking away, and then he's standing at her bedside again, and he says. I hate it, I do, but there just isn't any other way we can do this without him. And uh, the thing is, I'm not sure he's going to survive this. And she starts to cry. Mm -hmm. So you can tell that, like, 
his mom is still in there. But just the fact that they have, um, just the fact that they've merged for so long that there's just a piece of her missing in it. Her her functions are all messed up. But yeah, I, I mean, uh, it, it, the fact that there's a plan, there's something going on, and that no one is totally 100% crucial in this plan. Kyle's not 100% crucial. He can be killed. They could kill him trying to accomplish what he didn't accomplish. That means the devil wasn't the devil. The fucking the reverend wasn't the reverend. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. was, but he fucking he saw a psycho reverend. You know, like this book had so many twists in it. I was, it was an exciting book. It really was. Like, but it kind of scares me at the same time. It's okay now we're twenty four. Is this is this book coming to an end? I don't think so. Like, are we, are we, there hasn't been any really mentioned about this book ending. So <clears throat> I don't know. Like, it just seems like, well, they just killed the Reverend where, I mean, the not the Reverend, they just killed the devil who's not the devil. But I mean, wait, now what? That was like their major person in this to, that they were going well, unless after. Someone bigger is about to come into the picture. That's just, I and don't that's know. this whole conversation is like, you think that you know, but you have no idea. Like. This isn't the way you think it is. And he's just kind of baiting him. And I think it's eventually going to be that there's a bigger, there's something bigger in play in all this. You think? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I it was good, so. though. Finally, I, li- I like I like when Robert Kirkman finally produces some action. Right? About fucking time. He dangles and he dangles and he dangles and then he gives us a little action. He gives us a little reach around. About fucking time. About fucking time. But it was good. I gave that a nine. It was a good book. I did too. Nine. Nine out of ten. Especially when the devil's gutted. Gutted like a fish. Yep. Gut you like a pig. Oink, oink, baby. Oink, oink. Robert Kirkman likes to gut people. I'm okay with that. That's his thing, yo. But that's it. That's our comic book reviews for this week. Um... <clears throat> Again, we recap. We did Outcast number twenty-four. We gave nine. Jessica Jones number four. Uh, Spider-Man number twelve. Titans number seven. Flash fourteen. Detectives nine forty-eight and Violent Love number three. Oh yeah. So yeah, we'll go out support your local comic shop. Pick up any one of these titles that we reviewed today. And let us get, know. Get your fucking books out of your boxes. Let us know what you thought about them. Pick up your books from your boxes to help out those local comic shops a little bit. Show them a little love. I know you most. Just not violent love. Just not violent love. Or you can show them violent love at the counter as you're ready to check out. I'm talking about the book. Ooh, and a perfect circle tickets go on sale tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle's stuck in the 90s, <laughs> early 2000s. <laughs> Uh, but, that's funny. But yeah, I guess that'll do it for this week's episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast. A little bit of everything. A little, little bit, bit of news, a little bit of picking Kyle's brain. There's not much to pick. A little bit of everything. So, a little comic book reviews. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. If not, oh, I did. go complain to somebody else because it's not my problem. It's <laughs> um, not your problem. <clears throat> hopefully everyone's enjoying the D&D campaign that we're running. Hopefully everyone's enjoying Matt and Matinee. 
hopefully we can get Kyle to do a show of his own. I know people are talking. They want to see a, a, a Kyle Stinson podcast. Nobody wants to see that. Everyone does. Mm, Everyone wants to see Kyle standalone podcast. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk him into it. Everyone type one. Oh, no. Everybody comment on Facebook if you want to see a Kyle standalone podcast. I'd listen to it. I would listen to it just to, to hear what the fuck comes out of your mouth. Stupid. I, I think it's. I think it's. It's radio gold. Radio fucking gold. Radio gold. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Kyle. Saying we will see you next time, and remember to support your local comic shop. Maybe, maybe Jose will decide that he wants to do a fucking show. Yeah, maybe. Keep him bagging boarded. <laughs> Keep him bagging boarded. <laughs> <laughs> Clear out your box. Clear out your box. Don't be a dick. <laughs> Don't be a dick. And we'll see you next time. So long, everyone. <laughs>